couple months ago, I um, emailed a few of the guys in the church um, and asked them if they would all consider um, being part of a kind of joint effort at communicating, preaching to you guys today. And uh, these three guys all were up for it, although they took a long time to reply. <laughs> um, it was very easy for me to um, think who I wanted to speak today because these three guys um, not only are passionate for the church, but it works out in their life in amazing sacrifice behind the scenes and um, real devotion to this church body. All of you who are part of Grace have been touched by them, um, even in ways that you don't know and haven't seen. And um, I really want to honor them for that. And I asked them specifically to speak on uh, the subject of service, which they're going to address today. Um, knowing that they model it, knowing that it would come with a sense of conviction and authority because of that. Um, the n- number of hours, honestly, that go in behind the scenes from people who volunteer, but these three guys are really models of that. And it's an amazing thing to see. And they're not the only ones, obviously. Um, but I really, really do value them as friends and brothers who just are just so God-given gifts to us as a church. So we've asked... Uh, Andrew and Charles and Luke to speak today uh, for a few minutes each, and um, the purpose of this is 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 in one sense n- very much like usual run of the mill thing. We are listening to God's word being opened, and I want to encourage you. None of this is about um, assessing them or comparing them, even though it could be set up that way. Um, it's about asking God to speak to me through His word, as we always want Him to do. So will you welcome Andrew to come and open this up for us? Thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, it's a real privilege to uh, have this chance to share with you today. We're going to be looking at 1 Peter. So if you want to open your Bibles, I think in the Brown Bibles it's on uh, page 1768. Uh, and we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. Now, just to give you a bit of a context, the book of Peter. Peter is writing um, to the Christians in what is now modern-day Turkey, um, Asia Minor. And early on, he describes them as exiles, almost aliens in the land. And very much almost like ourselves in, in the city of London, that as Christian believers, very different. Um, he's addressing them in this foreign land, and he is encouraging them through suffering and through persecution to live fully for God and to live in a way that honors him in what is quite a hostile world. So I think as we listen and read through this tonight, just reflecting on that ourselves and our own journeys in a city like London that is driven so much by success and fame and money and everything else and can be so hostile to maybe what it feels like when we read it off the page. So let's uh, read those chapters together. So starting at verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. 
Amen. Now let me just pray as we open this word. Father, we just thank you for the blessing of your truth, this chance to open this scripture together. For the truth of Peter and the example of those early Christians in modern-day Turkey and Asia Minor there, and what that has for us. Father, I pray that you would use me as a vessel for your service and speak truth into this church through that now. Amen. Now, after the initial shock of Andrew asking me if I would be willing to preach, there became a deep anxiety. Because I started to realize and think about all the stupid things I may say. For those of you who know me, I have a tendency to speak before I think. Often the words are 10 centimeters in front of my mouth before I've actually engaged my brain and realized what I've said, which can enact the fact that I quite often offend or say something incredibly stupid. I have a lot of foot-in-mouth moments in life. So I think, reflecting on that, when I turned to the passage and read these first lines about a love one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, I just felt so thankful for Christian community. Because it's not like regular culture. For people who love me, even when I say something stupid. So thank you. <laughs> now I really want to just look at what Peter is saying to us about this grace for service. And what does that look like? It's biblical. Christ set us the example. And when I think about this, there's so many rich passages in the Bible where we see that example of Christ and how he loved us and served us. But I want to just read one today that's really struck me, which is in 1 John 3, and that's verse 16, when he says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Our resurrected king resurrects us broken sinners, and makes us alive because of his love for us. That is earnest love. That is an earnest love that is full of sincerity and full of care, which is what he is calling for us. And I just think through times in my own life, and no doubt you have them in your own, that you've experienced people who have shown that transformative grace, that that love for you. Now, before coming back to London, I lived for a couple of years in Lebanon in the Middle East, I was working with refugees. Now, before I went, a pastor at my old church who I barely met, literally I had a burger with him for an hour, but this guy took it upon himself, and this is, I think, a real speaking of earnest love into my life. He took it upon himself to phone me every week for two years. He didn't know me, but he phoned me just to see how I was, to help transform me, to help me process what was going on, because quite often... We're also oblivious of what we're doing in our lives and just help to reframe it, to pull me back in, to encourage me. And I think that was both earnest love because it was a sacrificial care he gave for me, but also because he encouraged me to turn that into serving for others. And I think that transformed my experience of that time and the experience of maybe others around me. Earnest love is sincere. It is given with intense conviction. And we love, most importantly, because he loved us first. Earnest love seeks the good of others before oneself. And in that is where we find practical expression. We find it in this verse. In verse 9, we find it in hospitality. In verse 10, we find it in spiritual gifts. 
So we're just going to unpack some of that now. I just I want you to just consider what that may look like in your own life right now. So in verse 9, we see show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I love this, this is emphasis that Peter puts on the word one another. And when he's writing this, he's not just generally talking to any old Joe you meet on the street. He's talking to us as believers, as the Christians in faith, the body within this church. And as Andrew said, as, as God blesses this church and we continue to grow, that means we're not cliques, we're not silos, we're a body of Christ. So he is emphasizing that importance that we need to love one another. I'm reminded of Psalm, the words in Psalm 133, as I was thinking about this, how sweet it is when brothers live in unity. He has called us, brothers and sisters, to live in community. He's blessed us to live in this community together. Hospitality can't be done at a distance. It can't be just done with a smile and a handshake on a Sunday. It can't just be done with a quick sort of passing, hello, how are you, lovely day, terrible weather. We can't do it if we're resenting the time or the cost it's taken for us. Hospitality doesn't have to be grand. And I think this is important because some of us, especially as we're jumping onto the gifts, we'll start to think about, oh, but I haven't got the gift of hospitality. I don't know how to cook an amazing meal for 20 people or make my home welcoming for all these people. But no, he, he's, he's talking deeper into that to all of us here. It doesn't have to be grand and fancy, but it has to be warm and available. That might mean just greeting someone well when they come in. It might mean a coffee. It might mean welcoming someone into your home. Englishmen are known to have their homes to be castles. But when we actually allow people to cross over the front door and into our homes, we break down so many barriers. So if you maybe are feeling a little bit inhospitable in the way you are, sort of keeping yourself to the self. You're not looking and seeing things to serve. Just maybe ask, is God trying to speak to you in that and challenge you in that? In verse 10, he talks to us about spiritual gifts. Now, I know when we talk about spiritual gifts, lots of people may sort of feel, oh, I'm not equipped. Oh, I don't know. Or... I just don't know how to use it. Or maybe they just don't want to look at it. But Peter says here, let me read this to you, and I want you to underline this word. As each, each of us, each one of us in this room, as each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Each of you in this room is uniquely made. We're each masterpieces of God. We are each made in his image, but we are expressed very differently. God is giving spiritual gifts to each of us, or supernatural graces, or natural abilities. And they are given to fulfill the mission of his church, his body, this time in London here. Now, a prominent theologian in the US called Wayne Grudem writes these words. Within fellowship of the church, earnest love for one another will find expression in the use of spiritual gifts. Not for self-advancement or to draw attention to ourselves, but for the benefit of others. 
I think that's really prominent what he's saying there, that this isn't born out of selfish desire. It's not the idea of, look how wonderful I am as a teacher. Look how great I am in praying. Look how amazing my hospitality is. The heart of service needs to come in the way we pour it back out to the church, the body that we are put in here. Now, a spiritual gift is any talent or ability empowered by the Holy Spirit for use in his church. And again, I want to emphasize this because so easily we think of gifts and we start just thinking of these very supernatural gifts. But he has equipped all of us with natural talents, abilities that shape us, that need to be used and moved in his church for his body. Those gifts are varied and they will express themselves very differently in each of us. We may, in this room, many have similar gifts, but they express themselves differently. And just what beauty that is. That again, we are unique in the way he made us. So God has given, I've seen in this room, so many different inclinations. Some of you have amazing warmth, just the way you welcome people. Just a real heart for loving children. For musicians, for writers who pour themselves out into soul. For those who just willingly just want to pack things away every week and just serve in that very physical manual way. Others in admin, in in the tech team. There's just so many expressions and inclinations that we see. God uses all of these things to build up his body and he is using them to build up Grace London here. No gift is for our own exclusive enjoyment. There are no hierarchy of gifts. They are all for his glory. So what I want to just do as I start to close is just I want to just challenge maybe a few obstacles that maybe some of you feel as I've talked about gifts I think maybe for some of you in this room um, maybe you feel that you have been serving a lot that you've been serving weekly you've been giving um, to the church but you feel a bit burnt out and you can't help but just see the amount of people who aren't helping and I just, I just want to speak into that because I think the devil loves to harden our hearts. He loves to speak into it, to just create bitterness out of that, to make us resentful, to make us grumble under our breath. Hospitality to one another without grumbling. I really pray that if that is you, that God would reignite that passion for that earnest love in your hearts. And that you would really read and reflect on these passages about the gifts and the talents and the way he is using you to pour them out into the body here in grace. Now for others, you may be fully aware of your abilities or gifts. But you have a belief that maybe they're for personal use in your private time. They're for use outside of the church with friends or with people you're meeting and colleagues. Or maybe you just... You're just feeling like at the moment, you know, work is busy. Other commitments are incredibly busy. And then, you know, you'd love to do something, but just things are quite busy at the moment. I think into that, the devil wants to keep all of us out of action. Because if we're on the sub bench, we're not on the field. We can't do anything. He wants us to be out of the action. He wants us to continue to be self-inflated by what we can do. And he wants us to protect that time we have. 
So if you feel that, I just I encourage you to just meditate on God's call. Meditate on this truth that each has received a gift to bless one another. And to really ask God to help you in stewarding that. Now I think for many in this room, and quite common, we may feel that we just don't have any gifts or special talents. And we're fearful of maybe stepping out. We wait to see, uh, to be asked, to told what to do. And I think the devil really likes to speak into that inadequacy. He likes us to feel inadequate. Because again, if we feel inadequate, we're not going to step out. And that's great for him. But in all of these, when I say this, in reflecting that we are all exiles in this city and aliens in this hostile world, we need to step into that light. So do not become focused, if that is you, on certain gifts. Do not become focused on, I want the gift of this or this supernatural gift. Just I encourage you to just meditate and rest in God's truth and his shape for you. And who you are individually. And pour out of that. We are called to be stewards of his grace. This amazing, varied grace that he gives us. This transformative grace that we see on the cross with the death of Christ, the Calvary. He encourages us to use that and to pour it out, and to be good stewards. So let me just leave you with some key points on this and thoughts. The first one is that the core ministry of the church is done by us as believers. That is that the core ministry of the church, church here at Grace London, is not done by the leaders. It's not just done by Andrew and Jeremy and Lucy. No, it is done by all of us allowing ourselves to be used by God as stewards of his grace. Let me say that again. The core ministry of Grace London is not done by its leaders, but by all of us allowing ourselves to be used by God as stewards of his grace. Are you allowing yourself to be used by God as stewards in his amazing transformative grace to pour yourself back out into this church? Secondly, steward your gift well. Now, for those of you who already know or are serving out their gifts, and maybe for those who don't, and will explore and look at those gifts, it is so important that we steward well. And what does he mean by this? God is equipping us each for ministry. A steward is someone who is entrusted to manage property or a possession or something valuable. Every good thing that we have, every good gifting and talent has come from God So are we wisely using those gifts to serve one another? If we're not, we need to reflect on that. Because he commands us to steward those gifts well, whatever they are. If we're called into kids' ministry, if we're called into hospitality, if we're called into the worship team, if we're called into teardown, are you doing it in a way that is honoring him and is stewarding the gifts you are given Now, I want to challenge you as I finish, all of you, to lean in. 
I'm not talking in the Sheryl Sandberg sense of commanding and, and taking over a tech empire. Now, I'm encouraging you. Are you, are you leaning in? Are you leaning into Grace London? Are you leaning into this body of Christ where you've been put? If you see a need, are you seeking to meet it? Are you seeking, as it says, to use and employ your gifts for the glory of his kingdom? I encourage you to lean in and expect big things. Because it says that when we seek, we will find. He will meet us. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for this incredible truth. And I pray for each of the people in this room, each of these brothers and sisters, that, Father, you would just reignite that fire that transformative grace in each of our hearts, that we would know our gifts, our talents and abilities. And that, Father, you would challenge us to lean in, to lean into what you are trying to do in our life and to be expectant of that, Father. We thank you that you honor that and you meet us in it. Amen.